So good morning. <coughs> good morning, everyone. <coughs> Wonderful <laughs> to see how out of practice the voice goes. Um, I just have a few practical things to, to say to start us off, and, um, and then we'll flow into some... Um, guidance and suggestions for the practice um, today and at this time in the morning we'll be doing that every day we'll offer some um, instructions slash slash suggestions for practice I'm saying instructions slash suggestions because um, it's kind of a mix between the two instructions sounds a bit too authoritarian um, which is not uh, how we see practice um, so, kind of uh, some suggestions or guidelines for, for practice. Um, but a few practical things first. Um, the first is um, from the coordinators. Um, so, at meal times, there will always be some um, alcohol gel to use on your hands before you serve yourself with food. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it's just these little bottles that can kind of get lost amongst everything else that's on that table. So just to say, they'll always be there at mealtimes, and if we can all use them, um, unless you've just washed your hands. Um, just uh, helpful when uh, we're living together in this kind of proximity that uh, we use that to, to kind of prevent any um, unnecessary movement of germs between us. So that was the first request. Um, just another thing you may have noticed on the schedule that it says that there'll be group or personal interviews Um, so those will start from tomorrow and we'll say more about them um, as they appear in the schedule Uh, just today uh, priority is arriving and settling and having some time to sink into the practice so uh, we won't be offering any formally today but this goes across um, the time together, if at any point there's a sense of any urgency uh, or need to, to speak to us, then um, either leave us a note and we'll make a time to see you. And if it's more urgent than that, then just um, grab us or come and knock on our door. Okay, so sometimes things may come up and it may feel like it would actually be helpful to address them sooner rather than later. So just so um, you're aware of that. So I just want to say a few things about posture um, and then um, we'll have more time to go into posture for those who want in the last period before lunch today. That'll be an optional, it's a walking period and there'll be an optional, uh, we call posture workshop um, in here for those who wish. We'll also give um, more detailed demonstrations about the different postures you can use than I'm that I'm going to do now and also have time to work one-on-one with people to to find a posture that uh, feels supportive for you. Um, So that'll be at at 11.45 and there'll be a reminder in the sitting before that. Um, But I just want to say a few general things about posture. Maybe the the first one to say is that um, also with your space in the hall, if you're feeling a little bit crowded, um, there's actually quite a bit of space so you can 
Um, you know, the mats right in front are always the least popular. <laughs> but you can either move to the front or, or move them away and kind of move forward a bit or kind of find, you know, find a spot if you're feeling crowded that, that you, you feel like you have enough space um, around you. And, um, and like I said yesterday, also, if you want to have a chair and a place on the floor, you can have two spots just mark your place on the floor so that people know that it's yours and your cushions don't disappear. So just kind of make sure that it looks like there's something personal there. Um, and a few general things about guideline about posture. So Nathan mentioned um, two kind of um, two points to kind of remember that can really help us with with the posture. One is the three points of contact. So whatever posture we're using for sitting, um, there'll always be three points of contact or of support for the body. So if it's cross-legged on the floor, that'll be the buttocks and the knees. If you're using um, a bench or kneeling on cushions, that'll be the buttocks and um, this part of the leg. right? And if you're on a chair, it'll be the buttocks and your feet. Okay, so there's always three points, and it kind of really helps if we think about nature. <laughs> um, three points of contact create stability. Yeah, it's kind of a natural rule, and our body is a natural object. So from that point of view, yeah, remembering three points of contact, really, really helpful. Um, and, and the other point that he mentioned was... Um, another guideline that we can use is that the hips are higher than the knees. Yeah, typically whatever sitting posture we're in, that's useful to remember. That supports the body and brings stability. Um, so um, either in a chair or on the floor, you can experiment with if you need, if, if the buttocks need to come up a little bit. Yeah, that can also bring the knees down. Um, if you're in a cross-legged position, um, but it also just puts less um, less strain on the body and allows the hips to open a little bit and the back to be more supported. So, um, and yeah, and there is a quite a lot of information on the notice board about posture, but those are the main guidelines to to remember and to remember that what we're looking for with the posture is um, a balance of uprightness, yeah, the body is supported to be upright, um, and at the same time, there's not too much tension, right, so it's not in kind of, we're holding ourselves really, really tightly upright, but actually we're finding a balance with with some ease or some re- relaxation in the body, so it's a real point of balance, and it's part of the exploration um, that we do with practice, yeah, well, meditation practice is about listening to our experience, yeah, and getting to know our experience. So um, the body is part of that. Yeah, so listening to the body as, as we sit, as we find our posture. And what we're aiming for um, is a posture where the body can be stable and still for longer than it's used to by quite a lot for most of us. Yeah, 45 minutes of stillness for the body in any posture is not something we're used to. Yeah, even the most comfortable posture in the world. 
So we're aiming to look for something, to find something that there will be some possibility to be stable, steady, supported um, over a period of time. And that's what we're aiming for. In the reality, there will be discomfort for most of us. Yeah, again, body's not used to being still. Muscles are not used to um, supporting particularly the back for many of us to be upright for a long period of time. Yeah, we're used to leaning. So there will be some discomfort. That doesn't mean that we're doing something wrong. Yeah, and there's ways of working with that discomfort. Um, but yeah, just including all of that in in the experience. It's trying, exploring what is a comfortable posture and then um, accepting that some discomfort will be there and that can be included in our practice. And in that process of, you know, the body getting used to retreat and sometimes even, you know, even if it's not your first retreat, just sitting for so many hours of, of the day will, will create discomfort. Um, accepting that, opening to that, and um, also doing what we've mentioned a few times, which is if there's um, pain and strain building up in a particular area of the body, then using different postures are different for different sessions can be really helpful. So on the floor, one session in a chair, the other, or cross-legged one session and kneeling the other. You know, so there's some um, distribution of the strain on the different muscle groups in the body. Okay, that's very, very general, uh, quick guidelines, but it is important. Are there any questions about that? Okay, I'll just say two more general things, and then, like I said, we'll take time for that later. Um, one is the hands. There's not particular way the hands should be, so find a way of placing the hands that feels comfortable. And you can notice how different hand postures affect the openness in the chest and in the back. Yeah, different ways, down, up, lap, knees, will have a different effect. So just noticing for yourself what works. And um, legs falling asleep is not a problem. <laughs> it's just uncomfortable. Okay, have to say that because it happens a lot. So you're not causing yourself any damage with that. It's just uncomfortable. Okay. So I just want to describe a little bit of pro uh, the process of meditation practice, kind of what happens, what we're, what we're actually doing when we practice meditation, particularly in, in this... Um, this type of meditation that we'll be exploring here over the week. Um, so we can say there's actually several stages to it, or several aspects to it. The first one is the gathering, stabilizing, collecting of the mind. Yeah, really simple. As you may have noticed already, our minds are not usually very gathered, <laughs> collected or steady. Yeah, they habitual ways to go here, there and everywhere. Yeah, a lot of movement, a lot of busyness in the mind. So one aspect of practice is this stabilizing, collecting and gathering of the mind. Yeah, and we use a meditation object, the breath or the body primarily, 
in order to kind of do this gathering. Yeah, so we're gathering the mind onto the object. Gathering, stabilizing, collecting the mind. This is a very gradual process. And as we do that, as the mind becomes more gathered, more collected, more stable, we start to see more clearly what is unfolding in our experience. Okay, so one aspect is the gathering, the collecting, the stabilizing. Another aspect is the seeing. Yeah, insight meditation is what is taught on freely given retreats. Seeing into experience, seeing experience more clearly. Yeah. And why? <laughs> really important. We often forget to say this part. What's the? You know, why do we want to see more clearly? Yeah. Seeing more clearly brings more understanding, yeah, more wisdom about how we operate as human beings, this particular one, and human beings in general. And the more understanding we have of that, the more um, range of responses we have to life, to what arises in our experience. Yeah. When we're caught up in the movement in the busyness, in the habits of mind, and that constant moving from thing to thing, there's no clear seeing, and then um, we are just kind of moved by our habit tendencies, our reactivity. So when we stabilize and when we see clearly, what opens up is possibilities of response. Okay, so that's kind of in a nutshell, <laughs> the whole the whole trajectory, the whole teaching. Yeah. And I hope that makes sense. Does that make sense to people? Yeah. Again, we know that from our experience. Yeah, that's kind of why we're here. And each, you know, each of these aspects, they don't, you know, I just described them a little bit linearly now. I think we know that things arise together also. They're kind of um, intermingled with each other. And yet in practice we can emphasize one aspect or another more. So at the beginning of retreat like this, we're really going to emphasize today and probably tomorrow at least, emphasizing the gathering, collecting, steadying, stabilizing of our minds. Yeah, that's going to be the emphasis of the practice. And we're going to offer different ways, different tools to do that. So one way that I've already mentioned, and that's the primary way that we'll be working, is we have an object of meditation. Yeah. We have an object of our attention, which is um, mostly the breath um, or body sensations. And maybe you've already, maybe you already know what works better for you, or maybe you've already tasted that um, over the the little time that we've been here. Yeah, so it can be just the body sensations, the contact of body. It's a really helpful place. Um, or a general sense of the body. And it can be the breathing. Yeah, particular, the breathing in a particular part of the body um, or a particular aspect of the breathing also can be something that we, we kind of use as the, the place that we gather our attention to. Okay, and I'm really, I keep using this language because as we touched on last night, the how we pay attention is really important. 
Yeah, so this isn't a battle with our minds. We're not trying to overcome the mind or win against the mind. It's more a, a kind of a holistic way of seeing our experience. So we're gathering, we're settling, we're collecting on the object, on in the body and the breath. So one way we can do that is we choose the object and then we bring in this um, pause that we've mentioned a couple of times. Yeah. Pausing to notice what is present. Yeah. What is the breath like? Yeah. Or what is the body experience like? And that pausing has this kind of energy of, um, if I was speaking about this momentum that the mind has towards activity, the pause which comes with breath often is kind of just a, ah, we take a moment of pause, of break from that momentum and we notice what is present. And when we notice what is present, we also notice that we have the capacity to notice. It's really, really important. Yeah, we know that we know our experience. Okay, so we have this capacity to pause, and that's going to be one of our um, handles today for the practice. Any point we can pause, we can bring in the pause. And that includes when we notice that we've been distracted, that the mind is no longer with the breath or the body, but it's somewhere else. And say, ah, pause. Let's pause right now and see what is here and then come back to to the breathing. So the pause is like a reminder to be mindful. Mindfulness is remembering to pay attention. And when we get used to using this pause as a kind of, like I said, a handle, it's a reminder to remember. I'm here. There's breath here. There's body here right now. This is available to me. So we use the pause to come back to experience, to land back in experience um, with the object of our meditation. And our intention with the practice is to keep coming back to that object. So the mind will wander, it will move. That's what the mind does. That's its habit and momentum. We've already noticed it. It's used to going from here to there to there, to here, to somewhere else. So it will do that, yeah, and that in itself is not a problem. It's not a problem. When we notice it, we come back to the breath or the body, to whatever we've chosen as our object, and we rest our attention back with that. And we use the breath or the body as something that anchors us into our direct experience. Yeah, into this moment. And it also, um, there's many reasons to use breath and body. Many, many reasons. One of them is that the breath and the body support us to 
move to shift from just a mental experience, which is how we usually experience life, to a body-mind experience, yeah? to a larger container of our experience, to also inhabit the body, not just the mental aspect of our lives. So any kind of practice, when we have an object of meditation, we can um, divide the practice into three steps. Okay, three steps. The first one is we have an intention. Intention really helps. Okay, so we have an intention to pay attention to the object of our meditation, the breath of the body, whatever we're using. Okay, so the first one is intention. The second step is that we um, follow up on that intention. So we bring the attention to the object, and that can be a whole exploration for each of us. What does that actually mean to bring attention to the breath? What does it actually mean to bring attention to the body? What is that actually like in my experience? Okay, so first step, intention. Second step is attention. It's following up on the intention, bringing the attention to the breath or the body. The third step, which we've already mentioned many times because it's where most of us find ourselves most of the time, is that we notice we're no longer with the object. Okay? So this is not really important to see this as a third step of the practice. It's not, oh, now I've failed. (laughs) I've gone off. I need to do, you know, now I need to kind of reboot the system and come back. No, this is part of the practice. Doesn't matter how long we've been off, when we notice, "Ah, I'm no longer with the breath, I'm no longer with the body, that's a moment of practice, that's a moment of awareness and presence. Okay, Nathan often calls this um, the aha moment. Okay, it, with capitals. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, we're back. I'm back. I know where I am, right? I can pause now and notice what I know. Yeah, notice what I know. And when I've noticed, yeah, I can take a moment to celebrate. Yeah, this can be a really great thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And take a moment to celebrate the fact that I was lost and didn't know it, and now I know. Yeah. And when I know, remember, knowing what is going on, there's possibilities of response. No longer caught on that treadmill, on that hamster wheel. Okay, so we can take a moment to celebrate. Yeah. One great way is smiling. Yeah. If you can, it's really allowed to smile in meditation retreats. By the way, yeah. So we can smile, or we can um, give ourselves a mental kind of like woohoo, you know, internally, or we can just take a really um, fulfilling breath, yeah, in that moment. But it, it can be really worthwhile in this aha moment to do something that kind of gives a sense of um, well-being in the moment and celebration. Yeah. Acknowledgement that we've been found. And I'm not just saying this because it feels nice, it's also the way our brains operate. 
our minds operate. Yeah. Most of us, what you'll notice po- probably, if you pay attention to this moment when you notice um, that you're no longer with the object of meditation, for most of us the response will be some form of disappointment, harshness, judgment, failure, you know, guilt, blame, you know, that whole spectrum. Yeah. And that will not feel very nice in the mind or the body. And again, we don't need to judge that. That's a habit that we have. But what we're trying to do is to slowly shift that habit. And the more we send, send the message to the system, oh, when I notice I'm distracted, it's actually a good thing <laughs> and it's enjoyable. Yeah. Over time, the mind will train to come back more often, to notice more often, because that becomes a pleasant thing. Yeah. So it's really interesting that we can do that. It can sound really simplistic when I say it this way. But actually, you know, we have this incredible mind that is flexible, pliable, changeable, and we can work with it in ways that increase well-being. So if we want to um, cultivate the capacity to pay attention to something, um, then we work with it in a positive, reinforcing way, if we can. Just like we could with somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, very interesting to see how would we respond to someone else and how do we respond to ourselves. So minds wonder, and it's an opportunity when we notice that. It's an opportunity rather than a failure. Okay, so that's one way that we sustain presence more. Yeah, is we notice when we notice that we're distracted, that we're no longer with the object, and then we bring in some positivity towards the being found. And then once that's happened, we go back to that intention to pay attention to the breath or the body, and we bring the attention back there. Okay, so that's the cycle that we're going to meet in practice many, many times. Another support yeah, that we can bring in, so we've had supports to the basic mindfulness, we've had the pause, we've had the aha celebration, and now a third one is um, increasing or softening the container in which the practice happens. So the mind and the body are related yeah, or um, mutually dependent. Yeah. They reflect each other. One thing that can happen to us when we uh, do something intensely, like meditation practice, and definitely if it's something new, is that we tend to tense up a lot. Yeah? And so the, mind, the body becomes tense and contracted, and so does the mind. And the other way around. The mind becomes more tense and contracted, it affects the body. So another um, handle we can bring in is to remember to relax. Yeah. And when we say relax, and we'll probably be exploring it uh, more, it's relaxing tension that we can relax in the body, 
Yeah, so if we notice tension in the body, inviting that to relax. Not everything will relax. Yeah. Which is good. If everything relaxed, we'd probably just fall in a heap on the floor. So not everything will relax when we're invited to. So the other layer of, of relax is to allow and accept that which doesn't relax volitionally. Yeah. So we invite the relaxation. We can feel as the body relaxes and eases, there's more, um, there'll be a sense of more space and more ease in the system. But not everything will relax. There'll be layers of tension in the body and in the mind that will stay tight. And that's okay. Yeah. So towards those, we kind of bring in a layer of relax, which is accepting and allowing that to be, not making it into a problem. Yeah. So there's t- some tension here, and that's, that's just there. That's the way things are. I'm not going to fight it. Um, or try too hard to change that. Just an invitation. And again, if you're working with the breath, the breath can be part of that process. Yeah. So maybe you already know this, you can, and if not, you can explore. When we breathe out, particularly, there's a lot of letting go that happens in the system, on the out-breath. So we can invite that relaxation with the out-breath um, quite a lot. And maybe one thing to to bring in here um, that can get a little bit tricky is we're emphasizing relax, um, but one thing that you might be experiencing already is that you're feeling you might be feeling very tired. <laughs> yeah, very common beginning of retreat. There'll be a lot of tiredness, a lot of sleepiness. The energy in the body will be low. So our exploration with relax is to relax tension. Yeah, and bring in more calm, um, and at the same time to stay in contact also with energy in the system. Yeah, and a lot of meditation practice is about this balance between calm and energy. Okay, too much calm, not enough energy, we fall asleep. Yeah, too much energy, not enough calm, we get really restless yeah, in the mind and the body. So a lot of the practice is around, you know, I think I've said a few things today. So the practice, the Buddha spoke about the middle way. So so much of our practice is exploring the middle way of being a human being in in so many areas. And with all these middle way explorations, there's not a kind of definitive um, recipe that we figure out and then we can always just go to that. It's always a little bit of a playful exploration. Because conditions change, and we're conditioned. So it's never going to be exactly the same. But that sense of interest in exploring the middle way, and of knowing the different components that we're playing with, that is something that we can uh, rely on, that we can bring in. Interest, kindness, creativity, playfulness. These are all part of um, how we pay attention, how we practice.
So that's the, those are the guidelines for today. So having some sense of um, what's a useful meditation object for you between mind and body. Sorry, between body and breath. Not the mind yet. <laughs> body and breath. And then um, remembering the three steps of the practice with any object, intention to pay attention, bringing the attention to the object, and noticing uh, when we're no longer with the object. doesn't matter how long we've been lost. Yeah, but noticing when we notice. And then taking time for the aha moment, yeah, which is supported by the pause, yeah, capacity to pause and notice how what's going on. This, what does it feel like? There's this pull towards something. What happens if I relax? Yeah, what happens to that stabilizing of mindfulness with the relaxation, with the release of unnecessary tension? And then coming back to the intention, coming back to um, the attention with the object of the practice. So really simple, not very easy, okay? Simple, not necessarily easy. And, you know, just worth putting it out there. And remembering this is about an exploration. There's no, um, there's no aptitude testing with meditation. <laughs> it's not about getting somewhere. It's about um, just, yeah, exploring and trying it out and seeing what unfolds with time. And we really have the time here together. So let's practice. Um, yeah, we'll have about 15 minutes to, to practice together and then I'll have time for questions and a little bit about the walking. And if you need to um, to stretch in any way, um, and settle back into the posture, then please do that. And settling into the posture. Just noticing if the body is supported and stable in the posture you've chosen.
Letting the awareness settle with the contact of the body with the seat and with the ground. Just feeling yourself settle more fully into the body. And as you do that, as you settle into the body, there'll be moments of pausing to notice the experience in different parts of the body. You can also bring in the invitation to relax any tension that's present in the body, generally or in specific areas. And then choosing the meditation object for this this period can be a, the breath or the body sensations. Just choosing for yourself what feels more accessible. And noticing the intention to bring attention to that object, to the breath or the body. And following up on that intention, letting the attention rest with the object of your practice for this period. Gently gathering and collecting the mind on the object.
If you notice at any point that the mind is no longer with the object, that's an opportunity to gently pause and relax. Pause that momentum of distraction, of moving away. Relax into the experience of this moment. And in your own way to celebrate, to acknowledge that you are now present. to come back to the object of meditation.
So right now in this moment, the opportunity to pause and notice where the mind is, how the body is, to relax any tension as a way of coming more deeply into the moment, into the experience. If you've been distracted, to notice that you are back, you've been found. And to gently bring the attention back to the object of your meditation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.